Nobody wants to be thinking about back to school already, right? I mean, didn't summer just start? I'm with ya. But it's not too early to be taking care of back to school vaccinations. Your kidney pharmacist can now administer most vaccines for grade school, high school, and college students, including Tdap, hepatitis B, measles, mumps and rubella, chickenpox and meningitis, as well as HPV, COVID, and flu. Kinney even has Buzzy the vaccine bee to help take the sting out of shots. See what's required and schedule at kinneydrugs.com. We're back with Mark Wasserman. He's the author of Ska Boom, an American ska and reggae oral history. Thanks for coming back and joining us, Mark. Thanks for having me. So your book is a definitive American ska book. Uh, And like every other music genre or act these days, there are loads of ska documentaries. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on them and see what you might recommend or if you've seen them. Sure. Well, as a as a uh, as someone who worships at the Church of Two Tone, uh, if you haven't seen Dance Craze, then you have to see Dance Craze. It's available on YouTube now. I mean, sometimes it gets pulled down, but for the most part, whenever I check, it's it's still up. To me, that is sort of definitive if you're a fan of ska music, because you're getting to see. All the key bands, Madness, the Specials, the Beat, um, the Selector, uh, Bad Manners, the Body Snatchers, in real time when they were at the height of their powers. And you're getting to see how insane uh, the crowds were that were going there. Because I I don't think people can appreciate uh, what two-tone mania was like. It, It sort of gripped England for about a year and a half before things changed and the, and the, the new romantics, the Duran Durans and the Spandau Ballets took over. But before then it was all two-tone. It was mostly kids just went insane. It was like they were unshackled. Mm. Um, so you get to see the energy and the insanity of these live shows and it's eye-opening because I think it, it, you can listen to the records, but if you've never seen the bands live, uh, you can't appreciate how important they were how game-changing they were. So to me, that, that would be my number one uh, ska documentary recommendation. And I had the honor of interviewing the cameraman for Dance Craze and to hear him tell the story of what it was like to be <laughs> live on stage. And he, he invented the Steadicam. So for anybody who's a film buff, the Steadicam is a camera that you wear and you can be in the middle of something and you get a different perspective. This is the first time the Steadicam was ever used in a music documentary. So again, that's to me, you know, one of those you know, interesting anecdotes. But he talked about getting knocked over, knocked down, um, bumped into because of the craziness of everything that was going on. There were stage invasions, people throwing bottles. So he was taking his life into his hands at times when, when he was filming these shows. Well, that one didn't t- turn up in my search, so I've written that one down because a lot of those bands, you know, there's the big names, but then there's some other, you know, like the Body Snatchers, who are just great. And that that list that you rattled off is all, to me, must-see and must-hear, uh, yep. two-tone. So um, I'm wondering if you saw, in my research, I came across This Is Ska, which was 1964 on YouTube, and it focuses on the birth of Ska from Jamaica, but incredible you know 1964 i was two years old and and there's this black and white it's like a 35 or 40 minute film of this stuff and just foundational yeah i have seen that 
It actually opens with, um, I want to say, is it Edward Siega or Michael Manley? I can't remember. A gentleman who owned a record label and was responsible for promoting Sta, who later became the prime minister of Jamaica, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> but yes, those are iconic footage of um, young Jamaicans dancing the ska, which if you haven't seen it before, is kind of crazy looking. It's all our movement. It's, it's like the precursor to skanking, you know, which you, which you see a lot in pits at shows, you know, ska shows, or even punk rock in some ways, hardcore slam dancing was, looks a little bit like a much more violent version of, of skanking that these young Jamaican kids are doing. But yeah, that, the, the crazy thing about 1964 is that for a brief time, ska was considered the next big thing. And um, My Boy Lollipop um, by Millie Small was a song that was played on American pop radio. And that was an attempt to sort of try and break ska in America. And at the World's Fair that year in 1964, there were performances by Jamaican ska musicians, again, with this hope that Americans would glom onto or get into ska music. They didn't, unfortunately, not, not at least in 1964. But I think that film probably was tied into this goal of trying to market ska in America, mm. like sort of like a new version of soul music. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and I saw Ska Delight, uh, which features many interviews, both old and new, as well as some performances that are really fun. And then there's Pick It Up, Ska in the 90s. And that features a lot of the bands in your book. And I saw that is available on streaming services. Have you seen either of those? Or what did you think? I'm actually not familiar with Ska Delight. So I'll actually have to look that one up myself. So that, thank you. That's a, a good learning for me. I have seen Pick It Up, Ska in the 90s. Actually, it was directed by a great filmmaker who did a, a fantastic documentary about the last blockbuster. If you've watched uh, Pick It Up Ska in the 90s, then definitely, I think you can actually see it on Netflix. It's the story about how the last blockbuster sort of survived in Bend, Oregon, where he's from. But yeah, I, I liked Pick It Up Ska in the 90s. It's, it's got a very California-centric mm. or West Coast-centric perspective. So as an East Coaster and, and a graduate of the New York City ska scene, I was a little bit disappointed that there wasn't as much inclusion of bands from the East Coast. But again, uh, everybody tells their own lived experience. And so that was the, you know, the filmmaker. Those were his bands that he liked and he loved and he grew up listening to. And I totally respect and appreciate that. And it's definitely something that if you're into American ska is something you should see because there's some great storytelling and interviews with people who are really important for continuing to make Scott popular in America. And lastly, uh, the good thing about research is um, you come across new things, of course. And across the pond, I saw it's on YouTube. Uh, BBC has a multiple part, the two-tone story, as well as another episode of under the influence entitled two-tone ska, a 35 minute doc. Have you seen those? I have. Um, under the influence, I want to say, uh, is narrated by Tim Armstrong of uh, Rancid and Operation mm -hmm. Ivy, who um, is a huge ska lover. He mixes in his own music, punk rock, more, more heavy punk rock than ska, but you can hear ska influences in Operation Ivy and in Rancid. And in fact, one of the chapters in my book is about a, a band called the Uptones from Berkeley, California. And uh, Tim Armstrong was younger than those guys. And, and grew up a dedicated fan of the Uptones, and, and they were a huge influence on him starting um, Op Ivy and, and Rancid. Uh, so yeah, I've seen that. And the two-tone story 
is fantastic. I mean, the BBC just has the greatest documentary film department. I mean, I've seen so many things that they've done on punk rock and right. reggae and, um, and ska. So again, if you're looking to educate yourself, uh, the two-tone story is, is definitely worth checking out. It fills in a lot of the gaps that Dance Craze doesn't. Dance Craze, again, has no exposition. There's no context. It's just mm. live performance. The two-tone story will give you more of the stories behind the music. And I'm going to just switch media for one quick second uh, because uh, context is everything. And you had mentioned, I think it was Ska for Life. You had mentioned a book in our other interview, and I, I picked up on that. I do have to say, and I reviewed this on my All Music Book site, one of my favorite books of the last 10 years uh, was Pauline's Black, Black by Design. And I'm just curious. I'm sure you've read that. I have. I'm a huge fan of Pauline. We had the the honor of playing with the selector a couple times. Uh, early on, we played with them. We did a mini tour with them in 1991. That was uh, unbelievable. I kept pinching myself that I was you know, hanging out and talking to Pauline Black and Neil Davies of the selector. Uh, and then more recently, I'm in a, in a band called Rude Boy George that plays uh, ska and reggae versions of New Wave. And we did some shows with Pauline uh, before the pandemic. Pauline is a hero. And Pauline represents a part of two-tone that uh, needs needs to have a little bit more um, energy behind it. You know, she was one of the only women in the two-tone scene. When I spoke to her, she said to me that two-tone wasn't just black and white, wasn't initially just supposed to be about black and white people, but also men and women. And it sort of failed on its goal of, of bringing in women. I mean, there was Rhoda Dakar and the body, the body snatchers were, were only around for a short time. But Pauline has a unique story and a unique perspective. She's inspiring. And her story is inspiring. And the fact that she's still doing it, that she has a band that sound amazing, and she's still uh, writing new music that's based on her ethos, uh, you know, of, of um, uh, social and political commentary on what it's like to be a woman of color uh, in this world is, is really important listening for anyone, even if you're not a fan of ska. Her, her lyrics are, are fantastic, and she's just a great storyteller. Yeah, it is an amazing book. And I think uh, when our podcast with you drops, I'm going to feature that old book review of mine and maybe get Pauline some attention because that was that book is as relevant today as it was when she wrote it and when she lived it in the 70s, 80s, whatever it was. Absolutely. Well, listen, thank you again, Mark. Your book is called Ska Boom, an American Ska and Reggae Oral History. Uh, Everyone should go out and look for it. And thank you again for your time. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it and enjoyed talking to you. If you enjoyed this teaser, have a listen to the complete podcast episode on your favorite podcast provider. Please follow, subscribe, and share. And thanks for listening to All Music Podcasts, a member of Pantheon Media. Nobody wants to be thinking about back to school already, right? I mean, didn't summer just start? I'm with ya. But it's not too early to be taking care of back to school vaccinations. Your kidney pharmacist can now administer most vaccines for grade school, high school, and college students, including Tdap, hepatitis B, measles, mumps and rubella, chickenpox and meningitis, as well as HPV, COVID, and flu. 
Guinea even has Buzzy the vaccine bee to help take the sting out of shots. See what's required and schedule at kinedrugs.com. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark.